0: Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. Coming right up, it's the Book of Psalms, chapters 7 and 8. Don't you dare miss it. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. Now, please first consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in that church administration with your time or money contributions. Managing marketing, advertising, helping with the website, helping with this podcast, or whatever God-given talent you have. God expects you to use it in the many member body of Christ. Companion Chapel podcast is a, or Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. This Bible teaching podcast is only possible with your donations. Give it up for God and your whole human family at CompanionChapel.com. How are you blessing others with the blessings God has given you? Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or eTransfer to email address CompanionChapel at gmail.com. Companion Chapel is located at number 338, Side Road 28 slash 29 Paisley. Ontario, Canada. The postal code here is N0G2N0. And the phone number here is 509-706-8876. Now please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms, chapter 7. And this starts off, it says, Shigion of David, which he sang unto the Lord concerning the words of Cush the Benjamite. Now Shigion means like a loud cry in danger or joy. Both meanings are seen here in the Psalms. Cush, and we know Cush in the Bible means Ethiopians. But this Ethiopian here, Cush, and it's not known who who it was. His name's not mentioned. Was a Benjamite? Which means he was probably a servant of Saul's. And therefore, long before Shimear or Absalom, Benjamite. He lived in the area of the Benjamites. Okay, and he was with Saul. And here's David. You know, he was pursued hardcore by these people. Like they wanted to kill him. Saul wanted to kill David for no reason other than self-pride, jealousies, and envies. Demons, devils, evil spirits. Let's read 7 verse 1. O Lord my God, in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me. This is people that are pursuing him. These guys are hot on his tail. God's with David. God is letting David know, "Hey, let's. I'm using you, David." David means beloved, and I don't think there's anybody in the Bible that's more beloved than David, other than our Lord Jesus Christ, obviously. But our Lord Jesus Christ is like the second David. He's the second man, not second in line. He's first and foremost in importance. But when it says "et in the Hebrew, the first man, Adam, on the eighth or the eighth day adam and eve the second man our lord jesus christ the first man fell the second man is the redeemer the first david was this david here and he wasn't perfect but his heart was in the right place the second the true david the true beloved our lord jesus christ is our salvation savior our deliverer our redeemer even our kinsman redeemer whomsoever will But, O Lord God, in thee I do put my trust, as it's written in the great poetic chapters of Isaiah. Trust, or you won't be trusted. That's where you put your trust. Verse 2, lest he tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces, while there is none to deliver. That's for fear. Lest means for fear. And, yeah, these guys wanted to tear him up, and they wanted to hurt him. Uh, Verse 3, kill him. O Lord, my God, I have done this. If there be iniquity in my hands, like if it's my fault, okay. If I have rewarded evil unto him that was at peace with me. Yes, I have delivered him that without cause is my enemy. Okay, so what he's saying here, David saying is like, Saul is chasing me without a cause. Like David would say back in the book of Samuel, like, what did I do? Even to Saul's son, Jonathan, like what is up with your dad? king dad there chasing me all over the place with his army and now david is telling us through this psalms yeah there was even one of his servants who was really after me and he's saying if i did something wrong that's fine okay then he's putting it in god's hands And here we're talking about his enemy. And he's referring to Saul. Five. Let the enemy persecute my soul and take it. Yeah, let him tread down my life upon the earth and lay my honor in the dust. Selah. Like, if I did what the enemy is saying, then that's fine. Okay. God, you judge. Watch verse six. Arise, O Lord, in thy anger. Lift up thyself of the rage of my enemies. And awake for me the judgment that thou hast commanded. Just let, God is judge. You judge me, Father. If, the, if you want to put me into the enemy's hands, then I'm down with it because you're the only one I trust. I am confiding in you so I can abide in you, is what David's is teaching us. I have unadulterated faith and belief in you, God, because I need relief. I can't do this myself. I've entrusted you. My, my life is in your hands. My heart belongs to you. This is the lesson being conveyed here. And everybody has enemies after them. Maybe not like Saul throwing his javelin at David while he was playing the harp or having an army chase you. So just when you think you're getting dragged through the mud, look at David here. Like God knows how much affliction each of us needs to humble for the eternity. And we always give thanks for the chastisement. God knows how much chastisement we need. And God only chastises those that he loves, as it's written in the Bible. What's, what's that mean? It means like people are going to walk in the ways of their own heart, but God's outstretched arms are always there. He can't stop us every time. He's not your personal butler. He needs your pure, unadulterated love. And if you think you know better, if you think you can govern yourself outside of God's word, watch what happens. As the Bible says, there are many ways that seem right unto man, but they lead to death. And death is just another word for Satan. Verse 7 So shall the congregation of the peoples compass thee about. For their sakes, therefore, return thou on high. Well, this is looking forward to great white throne judgment. Like every, You're going to meet your maker and you're going to get judged. The Lord shall judge the people. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity. That means my innocence that is in me. So David is, doesn't know what he did wrong, that Saul's chasing him like this. But he always forgave Saul. He didn't sit there and say, well... If only you know David didn't regress into the woodwork and just be a, a passing, a passing name. He was somebody. He didn't sit there and say, "Well, if so, only Saul wasn't chasing me. If only Saul would have, you know, acted in a certain way and, and lived up to his promise that me and my family would live in the king's house and we'd be free from taxes." And it'd be la vida loca, always looking back and pointing fingers. No, David never did that. He was always forgiving. And he had compassion in his heart, and he kept on trucking because we have to consider how God forgives and how David forgives. You have to consider human frailty, forget the sin, and keep moving on. You can't live in the present if you're still living in the past, dragging things, and think there's going to be a big pity party for you, and uh, for you, and to appease your bitterness. And to, yeah, yeah, okay, that's not going to happen. You have to get over it. And that's all there is to it. You have to think about the affairs of time and realize it has no value. Like when it's said in the Bible, Jesus Christ said, Peter said to him or John said, how many times do I forgive somebody? And Jesus Christ gave some ridiculous number like seven times, seven and seven or something like that. Anyway, it adds up to hundreds of times. Yeah, you forgive. On the other hand, why are you putting yourself in that position where you're someone's doing the same thing to you over and over and over again? Like, don't be a fool. That's what the book of Proverbs says. Don't be a fool. And remember, Solomon was full of wisdom, and he penned most of the book of Proverbs. That's David's son. David is a prophet here. This is letting us know, hey, don't put your expectations on people. Don't put any expectations on people. They're going to let you down. Trust in the Lord. It's the only one that you can truly trust. People won't necessarily let you down maliciously. But selfishness and self-absorbedness and obscene entitlement attitudes that people have these days, attitudes of obscene entitlement, of course they're going to let you down. And you have to think we're all part of the human family. What about people out of sight and out of mind? People over in, in countries that are run by tyrants or dictators or, or communist governments like China, and here we are just, you know, we fuel the Chinese economy through our obscene entitlement of things and stuff. And we just, we're just we trained over here by corporations and algorithms. They've just trained people, people that are selfish and self-indulgent to think it's all about progress, profit, and being a consumer. More stuff, upgrade culture, everything that corporations make comes with planned obsolescence to make you think you deserve better, want more. You know, like my grandma had a telephone for 40 years, the same black telephone with a little desk, and you, you know, click, 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 like a dial. Now, upgrade culture, planned obsolescence in these Apple iPhones or Samsung or whatever. Yeah, you're buying a new phone pretty much every year because you think you need the new best thing. Think about that. Like we can't we have to be very careful who we're hurting. our greed hurts people somewhere else. That's the wickedness. So verse nine. Oh let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous God trieth the hearts and reigns. Of course he's gonna try you. As we're saying, okay, the wicked and wicked comes it comes to an end. But establish the just. Who is the king of the just? And who will establish you? Our Lord Jesus Christ Melchizedek. After, he's the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Written in the book of Hebrews, I believe. That means king of the just. Translated. He will establish you. That's stability. He is your rock. He is your only stability. The righteous God tries the hearts. Of course he's going to try your heart. He wants your free will love. You can't go into the kingdom of heaven still carrying things, thinking you know better. It just makes me cringe with disappointment when I hear people saying, I believe some of the Bible, but I don't believe some things I don't like in there. I don't believe it. What are you going to say when you meet your maker? Well, I think that I should have been able to insert my own personal chapter in there. I believe in myself. I know better than you, God. I've been down here for 60, 70 years. I, I know much better. You don't get it. You don't understand, God. If you want to carry bitterness or regret, or you think you know better than God, then you're going to end up on the hell side. That's all there is to it. Like, what do you know? What do you know as far as what's best and what's right and what's wrong? God, thy will be done. He let Satan be prince of the air for a reason. Are we going to perpetuate Satan's ways? Obviously we are. Look what happens. If Satan's the governmental system, his one world political system, politics and one world economy are all tied together, you don't think the economy is, what about the World Bank? What's, their assets are or trillions, in, like I think it's $150 trillion worth of assets the World Bank. Something obscene like that. Why don't, they, why don't they dump some money in some of these third world countries to end hunger? Like what's three billion bucks here and three billion bucks there when you have over a hundred trillion dollars? Who is the World Bank? Who I'll tell you who the treasurer is. Satan himself is the treasurer of the World Bank. And that's all there is to it. He's the treasurer of the world. He doesn't care about you, but you give him power. People give him power by feeding into it. By feeding into usury and interest and greed and gluttony and wantings. And then the global media. That's Satan's dynasty. Satan's got four dynasties. Political, economic, religious. That's the religious system, which is turning into a one world religious system. It's just destitute of truth. It's just, it's just, it's just written about human merit, human endeavor, human experience, and human entitlement. Are you learning the Bible from uh, religious people? From people behind the pulpit? Well, if you find one, you support them, but I can tell you 99% of them are biblically literate themselves, illiterate. And the last thing is the worldwide education system, which is heavily tied together with the religious system, because religious just means what you believe in. That's all religion means. It's what you believe in, your belief system. And if you make it up yourself for your convenience, which most people do, then You're gonna be in trouble when you meet your maker, who has the gold standard, the most consistent, the only consistent thought pattern and the only set of principal beliefs. Your heavenly father through the Lord Jesus Christ. God is will establish the just. And He's gonna try you. Of course he's gonna put trials and tribulations in front of you. He wants to see how deep your faith is. And he knows he, he knows not to put too much in front of anybody. He knew you from before. He knows your weaknesses. He needs you to get those out of you. If it's blame or regret or greed, gluttony or selfishness or having self-pride or being conceited or having anxieties, worries and fears, that's no faith, period. That's all there is to it. Let's go to verse 12, 11, 10. My defense is of God. Defense means shield. He is your shield, your buckler, your high tower, your rock, it's the gospel armor. Which saveth the upright in heart. That's the only thing. It's the truth. You have the truth. The truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. Our Lord Jesus Christ Christ is the truth. He is the living word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us. That means he's our teacher, our rabbi, our master. He's our wonderful counselor. He's wisdom personified. He was there in the beginning before the first Adam was formed on the highest part of the dust of the earth. He was there watching you get created. He loves you. But he doesn't love you if you challenge him. He doesn't love that part of you. That part has to come out. Or we we can't enter the kingdom of heaven with things that are of evil. Or else it would be nothing more than a new hell. Like, Get it out of you so we can get on with the eternity and get out of these nagging, wretched flesh bodies back into our spiritual body that never ages. Time doesn't mean anything. There's no procreation. Like get over it. These flesh bodies suck. It's too hard. It's a heartache break. This is for a lesson for us to learn. Your Lord Jesus Christ is there. He's waiting for us. He has an inheritance for us. Do you know how to claim your inheritance? Here's your book of instructions before leaving earth right here. God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. Yeah, he's disappointed with wicked people. Like what's wrong with you people? Okay, verse 12. If he turn not, he will wet his sword. He hath bent his bow and made it ready. God's ready to rock. Okay. He doesn't want us to go through this anyway. It said like God repented when he had to put us in these flesh bodies. It means he sighed with disappointment. Repented means something much different when it refers to us. Us repented means change of heart. Not Uh, I repented from doing that because of consequences. It means I'm not going to do that anymore because I don't want to do that anymore. It's not in me. It's out of me. All Satan's ways, all demons, devils, evil spirits, powers, and principalities of Satan, everything that is corrupt to the Lord, everything that is offensive to the Lord, everything that is of the darkness to the Lord is out of us. And then we can get on with life into a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. There's no guile, no malice, no corruption there. We all came to an understanding. There's a completeness there. It is the etymology of the word Jerusalem. It means safety, completeness. We are there like because we came to an understanding of each other. We come to terms. That's what we have to do. We have to come to terms with what we're carrying and let it go so God can reconcile us through our Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't have to do that for us. If he turned not, this means if, means here that it is up to you. One cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. So if he's going to turn, it's up to you. Wet his sword. We're talking about Revelation 1.16. He's ready to rock. The bow means power. And that's not the first seal. That's the fake. That's the cheap fabric imitation seal that is of Antichrist. Or not the Antichrist. That's just of the false prophet, I should say. Uh, Revelation chapter 6, the white horse. These are Satan's systems. White. That's deception. That white is purity. But this horse, the first horse in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, is deception. It's the fake it's a fake. It's a cheap fabric imitation. And that bowl in that word is different than this one in the manuscripts. That one is it is a toxic power with the focus right to the iris of your eye. It's a very interesting word if you want to do a word study on that word bowl in Revelation chapter 6, uh, verse 1 and 2. And then the next horse, obviously, since we're there... Red, that's, red is the military, that's political systems, so we have first, it's like the religious systems, whatever you want to believe in, next is political systems, next is famine and pestilence, which we're going through now, and then after that is martyrdom, which we are going through now. People just turning away from God and thinking they just know everything, thinking that, oh yeah, we've never been able to govern ourselves, but somehow we're going to govern ourselves because we're so modern, and we know better. Yeah, ask, ask the millions of refugees out there. What a horrific term to put on a human being. Like, what, how can we be modern if we're treating people like that? Why is there so many wars, troubles? Why do we have so many nuclear weapons on planet Earth and so many weapons of mass destruction to kill each other? Because we can't govern ourselves. 100% failure rate at doing such a thing. God is ready to clean up everything. and We better be in this good books when we, when it's go time. That's at the 7th file, 7th seal, 7th jump anyways. 666 six, six comes before that, and that's when Satan manifests in his purest form as the Antichrist. 13. He hath also prepared for him the instruction, instruments of death. He ordaineth his arrows against the... Persecutors. Okay, this word ordaineth. Let's let's just get this cleared up. Go to the uh, Matthew chapter thirteen. Tears, the the angels, that's his instruments of death. Ordaineth that means he he will ordain. That means he's going to... He's ready to rock. That's what he's saying here. Okay, 14. Behold, he travaileth with iniquity and hath conceived mischief and brought forth falsehood. Conceived here means... Just go conceived. You've made it up inside of you. Okay, this is... We're talking about traditions and hearsay. You've made up your own salvation message. This is... We're talking about infidels and sinners. We're talking about reprobates. We're just talking about heathen people. They conceive it up inside them. They they travaileth with iniquity. It's like they... It's hard for them to do it, but they go out of their way to do it, even though it's hard on them and other people around them. And they conceive it inside them. When you, can, when you conceive something, you make it grow. You feed it. You coddle it. And when it says in Matthew 24... um. Woe to those with child who give suck. That means it's not mothers and their children. This is the glossary part of the Bible here that, that will bring this uh, bring that verse to life for you with understanding. It means that you have false doctrine in you and you conceive it and you coddle it along and like a nursing mother, you protect it and you make it grow. You conceive it inside you false doctrine, falsehood, iniquity, mischief. 15. He made a pit and digged it, and has fallen into the ditch which he made. There you have it. You dig your own... You you write your own sentence is what's being said here. Uh, 16. His mischief shall return upon his own head. You reap what you sow, dude. And his violent dealings shall come down upon his own plate, or pate. That's just... That actually means plate, like the smooth part of your head. Like, it's, like you're going to you reap what you sow and it's going to be a poop storm raining down on you that you conceived yourself anyway. Just, all that means is disappointment, frustration, anguish, and mortification of the soul if you think you know better than our Heavenly Father. I will praise the Lord according to His righteousness and sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. And there you have it. There's your instructions. You praise God because He's the Creator of all things. You glory, Father. Well, he wants us all to sing for joy for Him and to please Him. He made us for His joy, for His pleasure, to be pleasing to Him. He's the God of the universe. He's got great stuff for us to explore. But not if you're going to be a little reprobate. You don't get to participate. You got to go and 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 be in the hell side and. Great white throne judgment is in the mail. We can get on the good side now as soon as you die. You can be up there with Lazarus and the rich man. And then at the seventh file, seventh seal, seventh trump, the Lord's day, we have the Millennium Temple. And we are to be part of the structural fabric of that temple. It says we're going to be pillars in that temple. We're all together. We give each other strength. We all have each other's backs. There's no pointing fingers at other people thinking you're better than others. Let's just go into to verse 8 or chapter 8 of the great book of Psalms. Okay, O oh Lord, O oh Lord, our Lord, what we're saying, O oh, Yahweh, God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Yeah, you're the creator of all things. You are the only excellent thing, the true thing of purity. Now, there's a lot said in the Psalms, so hold on to your seat. Who has set the glory above the heavens? That's who we glory. He's the only one who's pure, perfect in moral purity. Perfect in ethic purity, social purity, and spiritual completeness. Remember in the book of Isaiah, we studied that about spiritual completeness. 1,000, divine order. And he wants you to be in that union. Local 1,000. That was a great one. I forget what chapter that was. Anyway, verse 2 of the Psalms, chapter 8. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, hast thou ordained strength, appointed strength, Who's the babe here? David's talking about himself here. Who gave him strength? Remember uh, 1 Samuel 17, 42. Babes being David. Matthew 21, 16. We see this repeated. Out of the mouth of babes. Our Lord Jesus Christ says this. Like we're all God's children. David was young. He appointed strength to David. That's when he slingshotted that he went out there and took on Goliath, a raphium, not even a natural human being. One of the Nephilim and Raphium. Slingshotted him right in the computer, right in the forehead, and down he went. Like a big old yucky bag of poo. Two. Three. Because thy enemies that thou mightest Because of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the adventure. There's two things listed there. Who is the enemy? Satan's, all his his false prophets, all demons, devils, evil spirits. Remember reading in Ephesians chapter 6. Hey, we're not wrestling. The fight's not in flesh and blood, even though Satan has us doing that. The true fight is spiritual things in high places. And it's demons, devils, evil spirits, high power. Satan has lieutenants in a whole governmental system that he's running the planet right now. God allows it. Because to destroy it, it has to burn itself out. Don't be part of that. That's why God says in Ezekiel 28, Hey, you, your death sentence is on you, and you're going to burn yourself from within. Satan is going to get burned up from the inside out. Because that's what hate does to you. That's what greed and jealousy do to you. You feel it. It destroys you from the inside out. The Avenger, and this is Satan himself, de facto. Okay, He's the boss, kingpin, Satan. We know that from Ezekiel chapter 28. He was born in the highest, he was created in the highest supernatural order, full of wisdom and beauty, in the full pattern of wisdom and beauty. Don't think you can outthink Satan. It took our Lord Jesus Christ to come defeat him. He defeated him because no guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. He said no to Satan. Every sin, every temptation was... uh, hyper-focused on our Lord Jesus Christ. He even nailed him to the cross, excruciating pain and, and extreme humiliation. Jesus Christ said no. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He would not compromise with evil, with the enemy and the avenger here. He would not make negotiations or concessions with evil. Satan had nothing on him. No sin penetrated the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, Satan might have... Been part of the reason why Lord Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross, but that was all. This was all talked about here and coming up in the Psalms 22. It wasn't something that just happened. Our Lord Jesus Christ was able then, and the univer had the universal right to set up a kingdom of heaven that will not accommodate evil. It is valid. It is legit, and it is bona fide. And it is there waiting for you. That's your inheritance. You have a seat there, and. Make sure you know how to claim your inheritance. You can't get in there. He's not going to accommodate anything evil. You have to let it go. All these things are going to burn themselves. So when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, established. Refer to Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 to 16. This isn't a book about astrology. Astrology translate within the Bible. There was two unique light givers there in in Genesis chapter 1, 14, 16. And the stars also. The stars again, personification, figure of speech, personification. The stars, all the stars sing for joy. One third of the stars got dragged in by Satan's tail. That's us. We are the one third. We fell. We followed that entity, Satan. The whole world wandering after him. That's us. We have to come to terms with what we did. Stars don't sing. Stars don't follow a dragon's tail. That's us. We are the stars. We are the hosts of heaven. We are the angels. And make sure you get your spot back. Ordained, established. We established them. Verse 4 What is man? No, you know what? I missed something. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. That means appointed strength. Going back to verse 2. What if nobody validates God? Therefore he finds strength in us also. Like we give God strength too. The remnant. The remnant of truth validate God. That's us. The residue perpetually validate Satan's ways and things of the world. Like think about it. God gets strength from us when we validate his word, his existence, his mighty works, his love and compassion. We are the remnant of truth. Very few. But the residue perpetu- perpetually validates Satan's ways. Satan's four dynasties. Education, money, politics, thinking we can govern ourselves, and just the, the destitute state of what religion is, world mainstream religion there's full of traditions that make void the word of God it's the saddest thing but you should know better, if you're going to church and you're biblically illiterate after three months, six months, nine months years, you should walk up to that pulpit. give me my money back man, you're not teaching me the bible using this bible as a random book of quotes and even like the catholic church just destitute of truth there's so many traditions there. And they're exactly what Jesus Christ describes as the Pharisees and Sadducees in the book It's throughout the gospels. You have your father, the devil. You don't teach the Bible. You teach stuff like purgatory, which is lies. And like I've it's so sad. There's so many Catholics in the world that can't think about it. They're just wooed by the big show. And they can't just say, hey, I don't understand this book at all. I don't get it. Just because you identify with the church doesn't mean your ticket's stamped to get into heaven. You have to know who you love. You can't just romanticize, yes, I just love Jesus Christ. Well, who is he? You have to know. You never took the time to get to know me, Jesus Christ says. Depart from me. That'd be just mortification of the soul right there. And it's your fault. Don't let someone deceive you. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Who do we think we are? And the son of man that thou visited him. This is salvation. Son of man, God visited him. Yeah, he's visiting us. Okay? Now, I know it doesn't have an article here, but we're comparing the Lord Jesus Christ's salvation with people. Who do you think you are? Here's, here's salvation here. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. This is pure prophecy. How would David know to write this unless this is divine intervention? Hebrews 2.7 seven. Hebrews chapter 2, 7 to 9, a little lower than the angels, and has crowned him with glory and honor. Thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and thou hast put all things under his feet. There's, that covers quite the time period there. Because the end of that hasn't happened yet. It's still playing out into the 7th file, 7th seal, 7th trump. But the first advent happened here. Yeah, Jesus Christ came a little lower than the angels. These flesh bodies are corrupt. But he manifests a little lower than the angels for us. He didn't have to. That was the sufferings before the glory. He didn't have to come down here and lay a salvation path for us. He could have just said, you guys are rotten. you little urchins. Like you challenge God's sovereignty. Jesus Christ is the righteous right arm of Father. He's the mediator to Father. But it's all prophesied here. Yeah, he will manifest a little lower than the angels for us. He walked in the flesh. These corrupt flesh bodies. He was the only one that was not guilty and did not sin. That validates the kingdom of heaven. What if he sinned? Then he'd have to let sin into heaven. That's all there is to it. But he gave us a way out. And we have to think about that. Just be like, it's mortifying to think that we challenged God's sovereignty and followed Satan. It's just mortifying. Ask for forgiveness and mean it. And Christ will forgive you. And then submit with unquestioned obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ and and meditate and glorify on the most selfish, selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension. That was our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, sacrificing himself for us. The crowning point of Christianity was the cross at Calvary where prophecy was fulfilled and the kingdom of heaven became in accordance with this divine written word. In accordance with reality. This came to pass, this first part of this verse 5 here. He, yeah, he manifests a little lower than the angels. Let's go on to verse uh, Verse 7. All sheep and oxen, yea, beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. Six things listed here. Okay, God gave us dominion over these things. Jesus Christ is allowing us a way out to have dominion over Satan in all his ways. Put things under his feet that hasn't come to pass yet. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. You can only love somebody that you know. If you know him, it's only possible through this word. You can't romanticize who you think God is. And people do that all the time. It's the saddest things. Let's just uh, finish up there. Wasn't that just the greatest thing? My name is Michael. This is the Companion Chapel. You can get a hold of me at the Companion Chapel email. That's companionchapel at gmail.com or go to companionchapel.com if you can help out with the website or this podcast. Please do get involved. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a greatest day and bye for now.